Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein, made from 100% all-natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air-baked, low in net carbs, and taste insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Can you believe August is already here? It feels like 2021 is just slipping through our fingers. Don't let a bunch of cash slip through your fingers. Keep more of your own money at savewithconrad.com. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners just like you all across the nation save tens of thousands of dollars. If you can hear my voice and you're in a 30-year loan or you have credit card debt or a second mortgage, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much. Just ask Tyrus in Wyoming, Michigan. He left us a 4.67 review and he had this to say, Jimmy made things easy. Being able to text was a lifesaver. Such an easy experience. How about this five-star review from Smyrna, Delaware, David and Diane from Conrad's team were outstanding. I found out in January that my landlord wanted out of the rental business, but I love my house as a fan of Conrad's podcast. I decided to give first family a call. I never wanted to be a homeowner before and didn't even know it was a possibility. David dealt with all the details and despite a number of complications, he and Diane kept going through the options until we made it work. We closed this month and I couldn't be happier with first family. Here's another five-star review. This one comes to us from Daniel Frank. You, he says, Conrad and his team always answered my questions and made me buying my first home. Truly an unforgettable experience. How about Jared over in East Canton, Ohio? He left us a five-star review at SaveWithConrad.com, And he had this to say, I contacted Derek last year. And after looking at my information, we decided to work on my credit a bit and try again in a few months. Derek gave me a few tips that increased my score to give me the best rate possible. We were able to knock nearly $200 off of my monthly payment and two months without a payment definitely made for a better summer vacation for both me and my family. I'd recommend first family mortgage to anyone looking to refinance. Listen, no matter what your situation is, first family mortgage can help. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some money, we won't waste your time, but we also won't say no. We'll say not yet, but here's how. Go check out our reviews. See for yourself what people are saying about savewithconrad.com at conradreviews.com. And then find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And hey, if you'd like to give us a call, we'll even pay for the call. It's toll free at 888-425-0105 or shoot me an email at conrad at savewithconrad.com. And now let's get to the show. Well, he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's a real athlete, so give him your respect. He's got intensity, integrity, intelligence, too. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. 
truck. Then he'll douse you in dairy with his big milk truck. And with one angle slam, he'll lay you out on the floor. So listen up, it's time to go. It's the Kurt Angle Show. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On this episode today, we'll be doing a watch-along pertaining to my all-time favorite moment in professional wrestling, Milkamania. When I entered the arena in a milk truck and sprayed down Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Alliance with Milk. But first, I want to introduce to you my co-host, Conrad Thompson. How you doing today, Conrad? Man, I'm pumped to be here. Excited we get to talk about this, but I had no idea this was your favorite moment in wrestling of all the titles, of all the WrestleManias, of all the championships, this is the most memorable, huh? Well, you want to create moments for fans, and this was my most popular moment. Besides the cowboy hat skits that I did with Stone Cold and Vince, uh, this is my definitely favorite moment. Uh, the, the, the cowboy hats were my second favorite. Don't get me wrong. The matches meant everything to me. But, you know, when you have these moments like this, this is what the fans remember forever. It's going to be a good time, man. I'm excited for us to watch it. We're watching it on the Peacock Network. So if you haven't already, fire up WWE Monday Night Raw from Season 9, Episode 34. It happened on August 20th, 2001. So we're coming up on the uh, 20 year anniversary next week, Kurt. But I'm excited to be watching this with you. Season 9, Episode 34. I've gotten fired up on my end. Are you ready on your end? I am trying. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So listen, here's the thing. What we want you to do at home is mute your audio. Kurt and I are going to try to entertain you and uh, we'll be your alternate commentary, but we're going to go relive the good old days from 20 years ago this week, August 20th, 2001. It's season nine, episode 34. Kurt, I'm going to do a little countdown. I'll do three, two, one. And when I say play, we'll press play. Are you ready? Never you ready. All right, here we go. In three, two, one play. See the uh, open of the show here. I'm going to let the uh, audio play through so we can get a recap of what's been going on here in 2001 to start the show here. I did a fucking beat Kurt Angle last night. Dang, it feels like family in here. Everybody's feeling good. Let me tell you, it makes my heart feel good to see all the Alliance members here tonight. It feels like family. To know that you guys are here to honor me. First ever Stone Cold Steve Austin Appreciation Night. Do you, do you know how long I've waited for this? You know, if you guys appreciate this half as much as I appreciate it, it means I appreciate it twice as much as you do. That's a joke. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate the fact that you guys appreciate me. And, uh, you know, I've led by example ever since I jumped on board here with the Alliance. I've led by example. I led by example last night when I whipped Kurt Angle's ass. That's what I did. And it's sticking together. It's sticking together and following my example. It's going to create huge superstars in this room. I guarantee that. I am telling them. And for the record, just for the record, I will continue to lead by example tonight. If Kurt Ankle shows up his little face here tonight, 
I got plenty more where last night come from. Do I make myself clear? I'll see y'all later tonight, and I appreciate how much you appreciate it. So the Alliance angle is running hot. And, uh, last night was SummerSlam 2001. We just recently recapped that here on the show and, uh, one of your more memorable matches of your entire career. And what a great match it was you and stone cold, but he left with the championship and we're trying to reinforce that to start the show. Uh, is this, um, one of the highlights of your career? Just not just this night in particular, but this run here in 2001, I mean, it feels like the business had never been hotter. The business was hot, and this was my biggest uh, moment in WWE history. I mean, uh, going up against Stone Cold Steve Austin, the most popular figure in professional wrestling history, knowing I was uh, on the other side was an incredible feeling, especially being in the business only a year and a half. You see all the signs as we're scanning the crowd. Uh, It's so different to go back and look at these shows because you don't see this amount of signs anymore. Of course, these days guys can express themselves on social media, but back then, if you wanted to be heard, you got out a magic marker and a, and a, and a, and a little piece of paper or cardboard for whatever from, uh, from the drugstore. It was a different era for sure. Yes. You're absolutely right. Signs were a big deal back then. Steve Austin appreciation night. And of course you're going to ruin that. When did you first hear the concept of, Hey, we've got an idea. And, and was it a Brian idea to the best of your recollection? I think it was Brian, uh, also, you know, the, the other team and the, you know, creative team, uh, they just thought that, you know, stone cold, Steve Austin, me being a milk drinker and stone cold, Steve Austin, being a beer drinker, they thought about stone cold's, uh, beer run when he, you know, when he went into the arena with a beer truck and sprayed down Vince McMahon with milk or with beer, uh, they figured, Hey, let's do it with Kurt angle. This will be a huge moment. And we see coming to the ring. Now we've got, uh, uh, Molly, Holly, Jacqueline, and uh, of course, Lita, they're going to start the show off here and they're even teasing a guy. I kind of forgot about this, but we've got the whole undertaker, DDP stalker, Sarah angle. So we're going to see some of that. And we see a clip here from Sunday night heat and Stacy Keebler getting in the face of uh, Lita Sunday night heat, uh, you know, when it's used to sort of sell a pay-per-view last minute, I could see significant value in that, but. If it wasn't the, uh, the pre-show for a pay-per-view, it was way down the totem pole of priority in this era. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I guess it's because WWE didn't think we needed a promotional tool that night for the pay-per-view because we were so hot, but you know, they usually put the, uh, matches that didn't make it on raw or SmackDown on, uh, you know, on, on heat. So, uh, obviously the women's match didn't make the raw cut. So they decided to play it on heat. Now we've got, um, Stacy Keebler coming out with, uh, ivory and Tori Wilson going to get a little six man or six woman tag action to get the show started. God, I kind of don't remember the show starting this way, you know, in another era, a nitro would have started with the cruiser weights, or maybe a few years after this, it would have started with a 20 minute triple H promo, but we've got the ladies out there to get things started and very much a different era in women's wrestling. Um, how do you think a, a competitor like Molly Holly or Lita would do in today's wrestling landscape with women's wrestling evolving the way it has? Well, I think they would have evolved too. Uh, you know, if you're going to take what they did back then compared to now, uh, yeah, that's, that's not, they're not going to fare very well, but I think that they would have, uh, 
uh, adapted to the style today and the more technique uh, oriented style they have today. It's pretty crazy to think how many of these folks will go on to be WWE hall of famers too. I mean, I think, uh, Stacey Keebler is the only person involved in the match. Who's not in the hall of fame. So even though women's wrestling may not have been exactly a priority in 2001, they still left a lasting impression in the WWE. Yes, they did. And I think a lot of it was, you know, most of the women we used back then were used more of a, you know, from a sexual standpoint, a sex object standpoint, uh, you know, Tori Wilson, uh, Stacy Keebler, they were icons. They really were. They were popular figures because it's how wrestling was back then. They wanted to, they wanted to, you know, the, 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 the audience wanted to see their bodies. They wanted to see their sex appeal and that's what they did. And they did it really well. Arco arena is where this one went down Sacramento, California. Uh, I know that this is, you know, you said at the top of the show, uh, the most memorable moment of your career, probably the biggest highlight. If you could change one thing about it, would you have rather this happened in Pittsburgh? Oh, without a doubt. Yes. <laughs> My hometown, that would have been the best, but you know, obviously that wasn't going to happen and the timing wasn't right for that, but, uh, I was just happy to be able to do it. Sacramento, New York city, Chicago. It didn't really matter. As long as I had this moment, I was good. Sacramento has, uh, gotten a lot of WWE shows over the years. And I, I don't know, it feels like one of the great forgotten wrestling towns. Uh, it, it feels like so many big memories happened out there, but when people think of big wrestling towns, you know, they say stuff like Chicago and New York and Philadelphia, and maybe even Greensboro and St. Louis, but I don't know. Sacramento feels like should make the cut. They always had a rowdy crowd. I believe it too. They, they were incredibly passionate and, uh, they always sold out. So, uh, we, we all, we were always popular in Sacramento. I loved them. Of course it's uh, it's weird to talk about 2001 and not address that. Gosh. And what, like two or three weeks, the world would change in a major way with nine 11 from a wrestler standpoint, how different was travel and, and just the wrestling business sort of pre and post nine 11. Well, everything shut down after nine 11. It was, it was crazy. It was such a tragedy. One of the worst tragedies in American history. And, you know, I remember turning on the TV Tuesday morning, we had a SmackDown taping in Houston, Texas, and I turned the TV on and watched these airplanes flying to the twin towers. And it was shocking. I, I just couldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, the thing is we get, we had to cancel our show that night and everything got canceled, but what the WWE did, which I was really proud of. It's two nights later, they had a live TV on SmackDown because that's when SmackDown aired on Thursday nights. It was taped on Tuesdays. So we decided to do a live show on Thursday night and show these terrorists, these bad guys, that we weren't going to bow down to anybody. We were going to stand up and life was going to move on. And we did it in memory of the victims and their families of 9-11. It's, uh, it's so crazy to think about the idea that that was 20 years ago on the one hand, I guess it feels like 20 years on the other. It feels more like 10. Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess we're all just getting older, right? Kurt. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So the baby faces pick up the big win. Uh, Jackie is getting her hand raised along with Molly Holly and Lita. Uh, any good stories about any of these ladies? Did you ever have the, uh, the opportunity to travel with any of them or, uh, see any funny ribs or any little hijinks you can share with us about any of them? No, I, I never really, really spent any time with the ladies. Um, 
I never even gave them any wrestling advice. I, I didn't really know how to approach them or, or what they needed. But, you know, back then they didn't need much help from a technical standpoint because most of them weren't that technical. Uh, usually they did, you know, bra and panty matches and stuff like that. It was a lot different back then than it is today. And now we see the evolution of the test Stephanie thing. Let's take a listen. We might not have ended things on the, the best note, but you know, we were kids then. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. You didn't know what you were doing. We're so much more mature now. And I really need your help. The Alliance needs your help. I'm listening. Okay. You know me very well and you know, that I can be a real witch when I don't get what I want. And last night at SummerSlam, I did not get what I wanted. Rhino did not defeat Chris Jericho in the middle of the ring. And that's where you come in, Test. Because you're the man, and I firmly believe that you can take Chris Jericho out for good tonight. You know something, Steph? You're not a witch. You're a bitch. But you're a good bitch. And I always liked that about you. And I'm a team player. So I'll help you take out Chris Jericho tonight. Except tonight, I'll get the job done. Hey, Tess. See you out there. So the rocks come into the ring now, but we just saw that backstage skit with Stephanie and test. And of course a year prior, they had the whole marriage angle and wedding deal rocks coming to the ring, carrying that WCW title, a cast copy of the big gold belt, as we like to call it. But I want to take a minute to talk about test, uh, what a look he had, you know, a, a big man and a big man's business and a big man territory. The word for years and years was Vince McMahon loved his big guys and boy test checked all those boxes, had a cool look had an opportunity at a few angles, but it felt like he never really got any momentum with the fans. What do you think was missing about test that kept him from being one of the, the top guys? Well, I think that he had a great look and his in-ring work was great. It was incredible actually, but I don't think he had a connection with the fans because he didn't have a character that they could relate to. I think he was a sound guy for a rock band. That's how he started in the business. And the only time that he was really viable is when he did the angle with Stephanie and that turned out that petered out. And I don't think that helped him very much, but he just didn't have a connection with the fans, but, but his in-ring work and his look was incredible. I don't know why he didn't pan out. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us, uh, but the rock is, and he's one of the most electrifying men in the business and the crowd is on fire for him. Let's take a listen to this promo. Uh, just for the good old days. There's a new sports drama series on stars and it's set in the world of indie wrestling. Heels follows a family owned wrestling promotion as two brothers war over control of the league and their late father's legacy. Ace and Jack Spade's rivalry both in and out of the ring is the main event. Brother versus brother, hero versus heel. Even CM Punk is stepping back onto the map for a cameo. Alexander Ludwig plays Ace Spade, the beloved hero, young hotshot, and the star of the Duffy Wrestling League. Outside the ring, Ace struggles to reconcile his idol status with his habit for self-destruction. Stephen Amell plays his brother in league heel, Jack Spade. This hardworking proprietor, husband, and father is trying to breathe new life into the DWL. Don't miss Heels, premiering tonight only on Stars and on the Stars app. 
Premiership Championship, which kicks up well with the Alliance. Finally, the Rock. Well, Booker T, last week, you said that come SummerSlam, you were going to take The Rock to school. Well, Booker T, after last night at SummerSlam, it was The Rock that took you to school. And not only did The Rock take you to school, but he taught you lessons of a lifetime. You see, Booker T, Professor Rock, he taught you People's Elbow 101. Advanced Rock Bottom 407. And above all else, the lesson The Rock taught you was getting your monkey ass whipped. One, two, three. See, Booker T, there is one more lesson that The Rock taught you. A lesson you will never, ever forget. And that lesson is this. Is you can try and talk like The Rock. You can try and act like The Rock. But the fact remains, Booker T, is there is only one. And The Rock means one. People's champ, electrifying man. And that man, Booker T, is The Rock. So Booker T, after last night, The Rock knows that you couldn't possibly be feeling good right now. The Rock knows that you're probably feeling two feet tall. So The Rock wants one thing. Booker T, The Rock wants you to come out here, face The Rock, Uh eye to eye, and maybe, just maybe, The Rock can make you feel a little bit better. So, Sacramento, let's give Booker T a warm welcome by chanting his name. Those are booze. How observant could you? Thank you. Kurt, you know, from a professional standpoint, obviously fans absolutely love the rock. And we see a, uh, a little Booker T coming to the ring. It's a little person trying to do his best cosplay as Booker T were, were guys intimidated to go, uh, on the mic against the rock. Yes. I mean, it, the rock was the best. He was the most entertaining guy in the business, the most electrifying man in the business. And it, it was a little intimidating, especially if you're face to face with him in the ring. Same with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin had a different style about him, but The Rock just had this loud voice, and he was so smooth. And uh, the stuff that he came up with, you know, laying the smackdown on your candy ass. The Rock says this. The Rock says that. It was just so fluid. He was he was the master at promos. 
Let's take a listen to him uh, talking to little Booker T here. Booker T, you don't have to get mad at The Rock. Don't be angry at The Rock. Because you're still a fantastic athlete. You still have a great body. Yeah, and my, my hair is pretty too, sucker. It's not, it's not funny. It's not. Well, Booker T, I'll tell you what. The Rock called you out here because he wants you to feel better. And he knows there's one way you're really going to feel better, and that's by doing that move. You know the move that you do better than anybody else. Yeah, you know, spin a Rooney, sucker. You know, when Booker T finds out about it. Why don't you go ahead and make yourself feel better and uh, treat the rock to the spin a Rooney? When, when a skit like this is happening in the ring, is everybody gathered around the monitor in the back laughing and cracking up? Or are there some professional jealousies at play? And some people are like, oh, they're just going to give the rock all this time to do whatever the hell he wants. Again. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Some guys are entertained and some guys are a little bit jealous. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I could see both ways, right? You're, you're trying your damnedest to, you know, hone your craft and work your ass off and show what you can do. And. Meanwhile, you know, he's doing a sing along and a dance competition with a little person and just taking his time. Yeah. And he's taking up a lot of time too, a lot of valuable time on the show, but it's the rock, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, people are going to watch and it's entertaining and it's funny because I've got a, a friend of mine who grew up watching professional wrestling in the old days. Right. So he grew up on mid Atlantic and Jim Crockett promotions and he made the, the comment in passing, I don't know, about 10 years ago, you know, I never really got the rock and it was like, what? Maybe I can see he wasn't your favorite wrestler, but you never got it. Like clearly he's in the minority. Oh, oh and shout out for jungle cruise. You saw that recently, right? Kurt. Yeah, it was an excellent movie. I really enjoyed it. It's a great family movie. If you want to take your family to see something, it's awesome. It, re- it reminds me a lot of the mummy. And of course the mummy is, uh, or the mummy returns, I guess is really uh, in scorpion King and all that. That's really where, uh, rock got all of his start. And now you see, it's just come uh, full circle, biggest box office attraction in uh, Hollywood these days. And, and boy, he was box office. Even back then he closed the show, uh, over, uh, at SummerSlam. It wasn't you and Austin. I still think it probably should have been what a match it was, but this segment here, the day after SummerSlam here in Sacramento think this is like a 15 minute segment. Uh, do you remember there being any, any matches or moments where you knew you had your time or your cut, your match or your segment cut short because the rock had gone too long. <laughs> I really don't know. I, uh, they never really discussed, uh, what matches got t- cut for what reason. Right. So I don't know if it's because the rock went long, but I did have matches cut before it could have been because of the rock, but it could have been because other matches. Went sure. Heavy. Landstorm coming to the ring. Now he's going to be serious for a moment. I'm sure. Uh, let's take a listen. I'm sure this will be a funny interaction, but it's probably not going Mr. Storm's way. This is a sad, sad display rock. Yes, it is. Tell him, Lance. It's a sad day in this business. When mocking your opponent via midget is an acceptable form of entertainment. Storm's got no sense of humor. It's not entertainment at all. Now, no one. Enjoys a good laugh more than I do. Right. But this ain't funny. 
You want something that's funny, Rock? You want a real joke? That's you carrying the WCW title. Which brings me to why I'm out here. To challenge you to a WCW title match right here tonight. And Storm challenging the Rock. The Rock is intimidated. The Rock doesn't have anything to say. You know why? Because The Rock is face to face with the truth. Who in the blue hell are you? It's Lance Storm. Lance Storm. The Rock doesn't know who you are, but he knows what you say. And if The Rock can be serious for a minute. As far as for your challenge goes, you and The Rock, WCW title match tonight. Well, The Rock says. Just bring it. Challenge accepted, it sounds to me like. That's splendid, Rock. Because not only will I bring the WCW title back to the Alliance, but your days of unabashed hijinks are about to end. And your nights of the rock whooping your ass is about to begin. If you smell what the rock is cooking. The rock has accepted Lance Storm's challenge. The WCW. Oh, oh come yes! on! What a yes! cheap shot! So there you go. He super kicks little Booker T, and now we've got our match made. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about Lance Storm. I think you were only in the ring with him a handful of times. Any memories of working with Lance? Yeah, he was great in the ring. I really enjoyed working with him. He, he had incredible talent, a great in-ring technician. I think the reason that he didn't pan out very well is he had no emotion in him. He, he didn't really uh, show any anger, fear, excitement. Uh, he couldn't connect with the fans from that standpoint. And I think that affected him a little bit, but as far as in-ring work, he was awesome. Based on what I can see, you worked with him at uh, SmackDown on July 31st in 2001, and then a tag match on December 22nd. It was the rock and Van Dam teaming up against you and Lance. Uh, and then you guys would team up again. Uh, it looks like April 30th to take on edge and the big Val Boski. Everything else was like some sort of a battle Royal or Royal rumble. So only a handful of times that I could see over on cage match, but it's weird because it feels like you guys would have had more matches together. And I think, uh, you know, a match that didn't just go five minutes and 40 seconds, like a longer match with you and Lance, that feels like that would have been an incredible match. It would have, I, I have a lot of respect for Lance and I think what he did in the ring was incredible. Uh, you know, he, he's always had great matches with everybody. He had chemistry with everyone. 
I, uh, I'm excited to see, uh, the APA here. Uh, what a crew that we've got. We've got the acolytes. We've got uh, big show spike Dudley. Looks like Billy Gunn, big show. That's not Billy Gunn. That's Stasiak. What a crew. Scotty too hotty. Oh yeah. I miss Scotty. So we're got a, uh, a big match here. It's going to be the Dudley's Hugh Morris, Tommy dreamer, Chuck Palumbo and, uh, and Sean O'Hare. Yeah, that is Billy Gunn. Uh, they didn't get a, they didn't get a tight shot on him. That's the thing about this roster, you know, sort of 2001 post invasion. There is so much talent on this roster. I mean, you know, we talk about the rosters in, in, in 98 and 99 and 2000, but I think you could argue that 01 and 02 and perhaps even 03, those have got to be probably the biggest and best rosters in wrestling history. Oh, definitely. We had all the talent from WCW, from ECW, from WWE. We were loaded with talent. And I think that's what they were doing this evening is showing all the talent they had. Uh, you know, I think they brought out a lot of wrestlers in this night in particular to show how much talent they had. I, uh, I love watching Ron Simmons. I think he's, uh, one of the more unsung heroes of professional wrestling, not just because he was you know, the first African-American world heavyweight champion and all that jazz, which is certainly important, but what a reputation he had behind the scenes and the respect he carried amongst his peers. Why was Ron Simmons so well-respected and revered in the locker room, Kurt? Because he was heavily feared. He was the guy (laughs) (laughs) who could kick anyone's ass in the locker room. So I think everybody had a lot of respect for him for that particular reason. And he was, he was actually a a great worker. He really was. Uh, He, he did uh, calm down his style a little bit when he tagged with uh, Bradshaw, He kind of gave Bradshaw more of the limelight. And I think that's because his career was winding down, but as far as a badass, he was the biggest badass I ever met. Speaking of badass, there's badass Billy Gunn cleaning house here. He's going to settle on Chuck Palumbo. It looks like Palumbo is one of those guys who probably had more success than anybody would have ever imagined coming out of the power plant. Obviously he had success in WCW, but even when he makes the transition over, you know, where a lot of the WCW talent just wasn't long for the WWF world or way of things, Chuck Palumbo was and man, what a maneuver by Bradshaw there. Uh, that's not something you see from a big, heavy guy like Devon to get thrown ar- across the ring like that. Yeah, Bradshaw was a strong guy. He, he, he had a lot of strength behind him. Oh man. No kidding. He just scoop slammed, uh, Tommy dreamer. Like he was nothing at all. He's a rather controversial figure though. It's weird because, you know, I, I read a lot of negative stuff about Bradshaw, but I've had the good fortune of meeting him several times and. I consider him a friend. He's always been such a great guy to me, but I guess the story was if, uh, you were one of the boys and he wanted to haze you a little bit, maybe, uh, that wouldn't always go your way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Bradshaw had a, a a unique personality. He was pretty much the locker room bully. (laughs) He would pick on the guys that weren't quite making it or were struggling. Um, you know, he, he had that way about him that, he, he could really get on your nerves and he wanted to, <laughs> you know, but I, I, you know, again, I can only speak to my experience. Uh, I met him through Bruce and gosh, he did probably eight live shows for us. And even to this day, will occasionally text me something funny and, 
it's always positive. He does so much for charity. I guess there's just, you know, nobody's all good or all bad. Nothing's really black or white. It's just shades of gray. Bradshaw's a okay in my book. Well, he was very professional when he needed to be, but when he was with the boys, he climbed around quite a bit. <laughs> so, there were two sides of the Bradshaw. <laughs> my goodness. What a bump there from spike. You want to talk about a guy who's like one of the unsung heroes that guy did made everybody look better. I mean, obviously a smaller in stature guy, but he was not afraid to just throw himself literally into any combination of maneuver maneuvers or moves to help other guys look good. And, uh, that's really what wrestling's all about. You know, it takes two to tango and boy, he was like a great dance partner for a lot of guys. Was he not? Yes, he was. He, he laid his body on the line for a lot of individuals, especially when he go out to wrestle pay-per-views on TVs, he really laid it on the line and he gave up his body for everybody. And, uh, we see big show trying to reach for the hot tag there. There he comes big pop for big show. People are ready for that. Is he, you know, I I don't know why his sort of in-ring career gets overlooked. A lot of people say it was bad booking because he was a heel and a baby face and he changed it about as often as we change socks, but that wasn't exactly his call. Somebody else is dictating that to him and and, and telling him, Hey, this is the way life's going to be. And this is what we're doing. But I think you could argue that big show is one of the best big man ever in professional wrestling. He could do it all. I think he was the best big man. He was an incredible athlete for his size and he, he did a lot of good. He was light on his feet too. I could angle slam him. He, he would allow me to German suplex him. He was 500 pounds at the time. And for him to be able to give his body up like that and jump for me and make me look good. That shows what an incredible worker he was. Gonna get the big moon salt from bill DeMott. Hugh Morris here. Oh, nobody home. <laughs> I've done that many times. <laughs> I was going to say that's like a Kurt angle special and boy, it's hard to really contextualize professional wrestling sometimes, but this silly little dance and the worm is getting the biggest reaction on the show so far. And it's almost one of those things where if you see it out of context and you don't really understand professional wrestling, it's probably one of the silliest things you'd ever see, but for whatever reason, fans loved it. Hey, it's pure entertainment. That's what the fans want. They want to be entertained. And Scotty Tuhati did it better than anyone else. Yeah. I was a little shocked a few years ago when WWE put Rikishi in the hall of fame and didn't put all of too cool in the hall of fame. Uh, a great friend of the show here, Cassio kid, he thought too cool was like one of the coolest factions in wrestling history because it just brought a fun energy and mood to the whole arena. No, it's not hard hitting badass wrestling, you know, down and dirty brawling wrestling, but in terms of, Hey, this is going to be something fun for everybody, you know, families, kids, everybody's in a good mood, sort of like yacht rock for wrestling too. Cool. Was it. And I was surprised to see that they didn't put Scotty too hottie and, uh, Brian Christopher in too. Well, they were different. There's no doubt about that. They were very entertaining. and so funny. That's what I loved about. Them. Let's take a listen to hurricane. Guys, I love talking about chili sleep. This has been a game changer for me for years and years. I've known that I slept better with the house cool. So I would crank down my AC unit to 67 degrees, but then I just found a life hack. It's called chili sleep. Chili sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. They make the Uller, which is what I have and the cube sleep system. These are hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. 
This really just made common walking around sense to me, man. Why crank down the AC and make sure the kitchen is 67? Why crank it down to 67 in the dining room? I don't need that to be cool. I need to be cool. Chilly sleep to the rescue. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. That's what's happened thanks to Chili Sleep in my household, and Chili Sleep can make it happen for you. Here's how it works. You'll set the rig up next to your bed. You'll put the mattress topper over your bed. You'll power the unit on and pair it with an app you're going to download on your phone. And then you set a schedule, man. This is a game changer for me. My bed starts cooling off every night at 10 p.m. It starts warming up every morning at 6 a.m. I used to toss and turn and flip the pillow because I wanted to be cool. And what did Stuart Scott used to say? Cooler than the other side of the pillow. I was running hot, man. I keep flipping that pillow to get that coolness. I don't need to anymore. My whole freaking bed is cool. I'm cool because I've got chili sleep and you're going to be cool too. Check this out for an extra layer of comfort. You can also get the chili blanket, which is the only weighted blanket that can be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat free sleep. Head on over to chilisleep.com forward slash angle to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for Kurt Angle listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash angle to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. That's chilisleep.com forward slash angle. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. My number one superhero. I loved everything he did. I mean, because you know why? Because he was the best. He beat everybody. He beat Sinestro, easy. He beat Dr. Polaris, Solomon Grundy, the Star Sapphire, the Black Manta. One time, check this out. He was in his box, and the box was yellow. And his power ring, it didn't even work on yellow. It, it does now, but at the time, it didn't work on yellow. Anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is that in the past month, Steve Austin has shown to me new heights of how great a hero could be. And from this day forward, Steve Austin, to me, is my number one superhero. What the hell was that? <laughs> and, and as the legend goes, that really is uh, going to help get Shane Helms over, not only with, um, with, with Steve Austin, but The Rock, this whole fascination with the Green Lantern, of all things. Yeah, he, he came up with a great idea, a great concept, and, and it went over. It got over very well. And he was able to do skits with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, the two biggest names in the business. He did very well for himself. And and how about this is where we are with wrestling. We've got Kane now doing spots for Chef Boyardee Beefaroni. That's where wrestling is. Yes, it was really weird. <laughs> but the popularity, I mean, Chef Boyardee is not a small brand. I mean, you're talking a major company and uh, once upon a time, you know, WWE could only get things like karate fighters toys and to get a big brand like that. That's a big deal. And we see Sarah warming up and here comes Y2J 
Jericho's still rocking the old Y2J gimmick here. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, hurricane, you know, he, um, what a great follow he is on Twitter, by the way, if you're listening to this and you don't follow him, you should be, uh, but he had so many great and classic moments, uh, that were sort of tongue in cheek and funny. But recently there's been a new, uh, superhero on the scene, Nikki A S H. And, uh, I think a lot of people at first maybe thought, oh, this is a joke or this is a gimmick, or this is a one-off whatever, but then she became the women's champion. And so now all of a sudden, you know, there's uh, a, a lot of steam behind her, a huge merchandising opportunity, I'm sure. And a big character for little girls. What do you think about the quote unquote superheroes in wrestling? Is that copacetic with you or does Kurt Angle say, ah, maybe not my cup of tea. I, I actually think it's a great concept today. I mean, back then it was more made fun of. It was more like, you know, having fun with the character and ma- making the guy, making the fans believe that you actually believed you were a superhero. But now with kids watching so many kids watching these days, I think that superhero hero gimmicks are getting more over. Yeah. Especially with uh, as silly as it is with Marvel and whatnot, uh, it's, it's bigger than ever, you know, and, um, let's take a listen to Jericho's promo. But it came at a price as Rhino beat the living hell out of me. He actually showed a true set. Unlike you, Test. After seeing you reunite with your ex, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, a question comes to mind. How can a man whose name is short for testicles have absolutely none? Wow. So test and testicles, boy, it's a different time for, uh, for professional wrestling, what you could or couldn't do on TV. You're not going to say that today. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. Coming to the ring here with, uh, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley and boy, you want to talk about Stephanie. What a big part of the show she was in this era, her stuff with you, her stuff with Hunter, her stuff with stone cold, her stuff with test. All of her stuff with Jericho. And of course, you know, I don't know, a decade later, she had a ton of heat with wrestling fans and she was arguably one of the best heels in the business, but there were a lot of fans who were just tired of seeing her on TV, but I always thought she was one of the bigger and better heels on wrestling. There was something that was, I don't know. She was a natural at being hateable. She was, and she was really talented. She was easy to hate. And she was involved in a lot of the main event storylines, which was incredible. Getting a replay here. Shoof. You have very many matches with test over the years. I had a few. I actually was at the training camp with him, the Dory Funk Dojo. And I, I realized how talented he was. And he was a big dude. And he could go. I mean, the guy had so much talent. I thought that he was going to be one of the biggest names in the business. Unfortunately, that didn't occur, but uh, he had the ability to. Yeah, I'm looking up uh, over on Cage Match some of your early matches uh, that you worked. And I even see as I'm scrolling through, you once had a singles match in Memphis with Wolfie D. Any chance you remember that? I don't remember. I remember the name and. Uh, but I don't remember the match. <laughs> it would it, had to be what? 22 years ago. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was 99, I think, but 
just the idea that you were in the ring with Wolfie D just almost makes me laugh out loud. Uh, what an entertaining character he was is. Okay. I, I don't remember him, but if I did, uh, you know, I, 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 I honestly don't know, to be honest, just, just before you came in, he was uh, a part of PG 13 as part of the nation of domination here in WWE. And okay. his father's a legendary booker, Bill Dundee. And he's quite the character, Mr. Jamie Dundee. Dundee's son. Yes. Wolfie D. Yes. I remember him. Yes. Good guy. And here comes Rhino. One of your old pals on team wrecked team wreck all the way. Couple of Canadians doing their thing there. Can you believe Rhino's still going, man? He's like, uh, almost timeless. He looks the same too. I know he looks awesome. He, he does look exactly the same. I texted him last week to see how he was doing. And the first thing he texts back is what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> he has such a great personality. I wish he would portray that on TV. He's never been able to do that, but he is a one funny dude. <laughs> Young ass Mike Kyoto in the ring there. And there you see the, uh, the test Stephanie McMahon Alliance is back and of course, part of that alliance is Rhino. It's pretty remarkable to see how long Rhino has lasted in the business too. I mean, the guy who came through ECW and then WWE and then TNA and then back through WWE. And I think he's back doing some stuff with impact and he's well, had quite the run. I asked him what he was doing and he's like, the indie shows are opening up. I'm doing a bunch of them. And I'm like, holy crap, we're still wrestling. I didn't know that. So, you know, Rhino, uh, he, he can still go too. He told me he's as good as he was 20 years ago, which I believe him. I absolutely. I believe him Man, look at all the sponsored elements of this show. We've seen so many of these. We're coming back from a commercial and here's the JVC commercial, uh, which was boom boxes back when that was a thing in 2001. And, and it's hard to imagine that anybody would have ever guessed they would have this type of staying power with a sponsored element like this, like all the commercials are clipped out of Peacock, but stuff like this is still here. So JVC still getting some, uh, some value for that ad dollar 20 years ago. You're right. They are. So if you're an advertiser out there, sponsor a segment of a show, it won't get edited out. Let's take a listen to edges promo here. Dude, dude, how exciting is this? Not only are we seven-time tag team champions, the greatest tag team champions in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, but first, we won the King of the Ring. Then last night at SummerSlam, we won the Intercontinental Championship. And tonight, I'm going to win singles gold when I beat that chump stain Matt Hardy and become the European champion. All right. Well, <laughs> good luck, man. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, get some sodas on ice. I'll be back in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Almost forgot old Senorita Trophy. Yeah. Knock him dead, Tiger. Stone Cold Steve Austin. What he means to me is a lot. I mean, he's the leader of the Alliance. He's the World Wrestling Federation champion. I mean, he inspires me. I mean, people thought before Steve Austin... Ah, sorry. Let's do that again. Before I was inspired by Steve Austin, well, I was... People... Nah. Can I go now? You know, for Sean Stasiak, it's... Don't... Uh. Take 23... It's Austin Appreciation Night every night because Stevens is. Uh. Take 32. You know, for Sean Stasiak, it's. Don't. Uh, yeah, I can't even start this. Take 41. Don't say the number. And three. 
I've lost count. Beautiful. And for those who doubted me, well, uh, I, I changed my words around there because it's only a matter of time that Sean Stasiak makes his mark. Thank you, Steve. Well, lady. So a little embarrassing backstage skit, obviously part of the show, but what I liked about that is, uh, the old clapper there had the date on there, August 6th. So it was done two weeks ahead of time. And now we're taking a shot inside of uh, WWE, New York, inside of times square, Mick Foley's there. This is the era where everybody had their own little mini site and he had mickfoley.com and, uh, he's got a bunch of rowdy fans behind him. You ever go to WWF, New York? Yeah, they had me go there quite a bit. You know, we did appearances for the fans. We would go live uh, from WWE New York. Um, it, it was a really cool uh, place. It, you know, they, it, it was a nightclub late, late at night. So they, they opened it up to the public and uh, all these promoters would have these big parties at night. So, uh, but during the day, the food was incredible. It was a great restaurant. I loved it. It's a shame that it didn't go, uh, the way it could have. I think the story, as the story goes, um, unfortunately there was some dirty dealing going on and we had uh, a little bit of embezzlement scandal, uh, with management there. And it wound up just being a, uh, a cash suck on WWE. And now it's something else, which is a shame because, uh, if, if the world ever gets back normal again, if there is such a thing, that'd be pretty cool to, uh, to have events there still today. It was really cool. I, I enjoyed it while it lasted. And I didn't even know about the embezzlement crap, but that, that place was an iconic place. And I think that WWE, I think it was to their benefit to keep something like that, to have a restaurant like that, uh, where, where the fans could go and see all the memorabilia and stuff. It's a really cool place. Oh man. They're promoting a show here called WWE excess that airs on a Saturday night. I didn't even remember that show. Do you remember that? I don't remember it at all. <laughs> That's amazing that you don't remember and neither do I. Oh, I see why it, it launched on August 25th. It was done by May 18th. So it didn't even last a year. Originally hosted by coachman and Trish. And then, uh, later Terry Runnels was involved. They showed classic matches from the archives. So that's why we didn't really pay much attention to it, <laughs> but yeah, excess boy, that that tells you the appetite for wrestling content here, uh, not even wrestling content, WWE content. Cause at this point, WCW and ECW are no more, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, two years prior to this, there's a nitro, there's a thunder, uh, ECW was just getting started on TNN. Um, the UPN had just ordered SmackDown. So, I mean, you just had so much programming on TV. And then two years later, it's uh it's a one horse race. It's just the WWE. Yeah. You had a lot of options prior to that, but after that WWE owned everything and that was it. So I think they were trying to come up with more programming from a WWE standpoint to, to make up for the uh, lack of ECW and WCW shows. It's so cool to go back and watch a show like this and hear Jr. I think a lot of people would argue Jr. was in his prime here. Cause this is like maybe their favorite time in wrestling. And they just love the way Jr. called the action. You've had the, uh, the luxury of having a lot of guys call your matches, whether it was Michael Cole or, or Jim Ross or Mike today, or all the folks who helped over in TNA. Did you have a favorite commentator over the years? I loved all of them, but I'm a Jim Ross guy. I think a lot of people are most of the public. 
uh, back then, knowing what Jim Ross was able to do and what he was capable of, he, he was the best. He really was. What do you think of the, uh, the rocks boots? They were rather unique where they just had that little trim at the top. There's like a cutout for the calves. You like that or think it's a little cheesy. Uh, you know what? It was the rock. Uh, only he could pull that off and he pulled it off very well. <laughs> this is a WCW title match. We're watching here with the rock and Lance storm. They're only going to go three minutes and nine seconds. Uh, ultimately I think we're even going to see a little bit of a uh, little booker here in a minute. It's an interesting time to say the least here in the, in the WWF, because it feels like we've lost some momentum on the heels of WrestleMania 17. And we've talked about that a lot here this year, that perhaps if we had it to do over again, we wouldn't have turned Austin heel, but really the numbers you're doing in any other era would have been, would have been considered record-breaking, but you had really reached that peak, probably the all-time peak in April of 2001. And it's down, it's down some for sure. But again, by even modern standards, it's so much higher. And back then, and Eric Bischoff tells us this all the time at 83 weeks that Nielsen used to rank, you know, how many homes were watching and now they rank how many people. So back then they might say, oh, it was seen in 3 million homes, but the average home has like two and a half people in it. So these days they wouldn't say 3 million homes. You know, they would say, you know, whatever, seven and a half million or what have you. How many households instead of people? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just fascinating to see how the, the evolution of, of media and television and ratings and all of that have changed because there are so many choices and, and with the advent of streaming, it's a, it's a new game, but we often talk about guys who were ahead of their time or what have you, would you have rather come along when you did? Or maybe in a perfect world, you could have came along in the eighties during the Hogan golden era, or if you had it to do over again, would you think it would be more fun to do it today? Honestly, I wouldn't change a thing. The attitude era starting in that era. Yeah. Was the, it was the, it was the most special era. It was the most popular era and it was the absolute best era. I'm not going to lie to you. These guys today are monsters. I mean, their work rate is so much better than it was back then. But the, the popularity back then was incredible. So I, I, I wouldn't trade in the popularity to the work rate by any means. It's, um, it's fun to look back at this stuff, even 20 years later. Uh, and that was only a three minute match, but still you felt like you saw, you know, you saw something, you saw the rock and he was one of those, uh, I think Bruce Pritchard calls them an attraction. Do you think there are any attractions in wrestling today? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the Roman Reigns is an attraction. I, I, I don't want to compare him to The Rock because The Rock was very special, very unique. Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, these guys are icons. It's really hard to replace them or say that there are other guys that are comparable to them. You can't compare anybody to these guys. Right. They were they were icons that were so very special, and I don't think they'll ever be able to be replicated. Love talking about our friends over at rockauto.com because they're a family business, man. They've been serving auto parts customers online for like 20 years. Do me a favor, go to rockauto.com and shop for all your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Here's what you're going to find. Reliably low prices. Now I just recently discovered this in the last year or so, but the corner store that you used to go to 
Anytime you needed oil or something like that, they charge one price for guys like me and you and another for professional mechanics. Those guys get a deal. Sometimes you and I wind up paying twice as much for the same doggone stuff. RockAuto.com didn't think that was fair, and neither did I. So we've partnered up here on Kurt Angle Show to tell you that they have everything you could ever need at RockAuto.com. From engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil to hell, even new carpet. And it's for classic cars, it's for your daily driver, and everything in between. It gets delivered to you in a few easy clicks, and it's delivered directly to your door. Now, the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. But best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are the same for everyone and reliably low. We don't think you should pay twice as much for the same stuff. Rockauto.com has an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car or truck will ever need at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you see their How Did You Hear About Us box, please write in the word angle to let them know that we sent you. That's rockauto.com, a longtime subscriber here on the show. They're going to save you a bunch of cash and make it easy at rockauto.com. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I mean, a, a lot of folks have in more recent years started to fall in love with what I probably associate with being more of your era, that ruthless aggression era. I mean, I think of that ruthless aggression area as Kurt Angle as the tippy top guy, first and foremost. And I don't know if you've seen, but in the last five years or so, it feels like there's been a major resurgence of that where fans are saying that that stuff holds up even better than the attitude era stuff. I noticed that a lot on social media, that the ruthless aggression era was one of the most popular eras. I agree. I mean, you know, I was in there, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, there were a lot of huge names that came in that era. And, uh, uh, I, I don't know if it was, uh, the attitude era, but it was pretty damn close. As you and I are recording, uh, next weekend is going to be the big SummerSlam event. And it'll be the first time that WWE has done a major show like this. Of course, they've had live audiences back for a while now, uh, sort of post COVID. If there is such a thing, I guess it's still not really post COVID, but either way, uh, that is the new Raider stadium out in Vegas is going to be a monster undertaking over 40,000 fans. I think it'll be the largest non some non WrestleMania crowd in WWE history. Uh, that's one that I can't wait to see, even though I have to admit it's going to be a little different. It's a Saturday night show instead of a Sunday night show. Well, I'm definitely going to order the pay-per-view. I was scheduled to have an appearance out there. So I was pretty excited to go see it. Uh, but then my, my appearance got canceled and I ended up getting booked in North Carolina. So I won't be able to go to that event, but I would have loved to. Yeah. I'm not going to miss it either. Uh, and now we're seeing a vignette here of how Moppy has been kidnapped. Let's take a listen. That are so preoccupied with the inanimate object, that mop it's scary. I don't know. Maybe he likes the mop and then Terry. It's time for you to make a decision. Is it me or the mop? You're welcome. Perry Saturn just dumped the beautiful Terry for that mop. Raven belts oh. it off, head first off Moppy. Here's Perry Saturn. Oh, oh he got oh. him. And Perry begins the celebration. Where the hell Moppy go? Perry Saturn is frantic looking for Moppy. For over a week now, I've been searching for Moppy. She was kidnapped. Now I know Moppy didn't run away. She wouldn't do that. We're in love. The good people at the American Dairy Council have helped out by putting Moppy's face on the side of milk cartons. Please 
Help me find Moppy. I miss you, Moppy. You think you know me? So, uh, Kurt, this is where wrestling is now. Kane is selling Chef Boy RD beefaroni, and uh, you're going to spray down Stone Cold Steve Austin with a milk truck. And Perry Saturn has an APB out for a mop. <laughs> it's all about entertainment, man. <laughs> and you know what? Perry Saturn, he played that role well. Yes, Perry, he did. Thing is, when you do that kind of character, that's all the people are going to remember you by. <laughs> and unfortunately for Perry, this is what his most memorable moments were with Wamapi, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Just fantastic stuff here. It, it's fun to go back and, and watch these shows and just see, be reminded of what was going on. But even now, you know, from a business standpoint, I just saw an M and M sponsorship for raw. That's a big deal. Hey, your old pal Christian's on the mic here. Let's take a listen. My fans in Sacramento. He sure used the word we a lot when he talked to his brother a while ago, didn't he? Now, we all know you people are paying hundreds of millions of dollars to Chris Webber. Who? For a championship you know he's never going to win. NBA, Sacramento Kings play in this arena, you know. But worry not, my friends, because tonight... I'm going to win the European Championship free of charge. Who is Payne Weber? Chris Weber. He's an NBA All-Star. So we see uh, we got the Hardy uh, music hitting here. And uh, Christian has thrown down the gauntlet. And here he comes, Matt Hardy with Lita by his side, limping along. But he's got that European strap around his waist and... All these years later, these guys are still wrestling, but now on another channel on the AEW show, you still in touch with Christian. Every once in a while we touch base. Uh, he's such a good guy. We were, we were best friends, you know, edge Christian, myself and Rhino. We really were best friends. We spent a lot of time together and that time was so valuable. I'll never forget what he did for me. Uh, what he did for the business. Christian's one of the most underrated professional wrestlers of all time. This guy should actually already be in the hall of fame. That's how good he was. And I don't know. I mean, I think someday he will be, I just think that he's been underappreciated. No, I totally agree. You know, you talk to anybody who's ever actually wrestled with him and they tell you that he was next level in terms of putting the match together, making a good match. Great being in the right spot at all the right times, you know, all the little intangibles that we hear go into being a great wrestler. One by one, you hear guys who wrestled him say that he was the guy. He could have very well been the best professional wrestler of all time. That's how good he was. He was creative, putting the matches together. His timing was impeccable. He was one of the absolute best I've ever worked with. It's almost like he's regarded as a more like a modern day Bobby Eaton where everyone who worked with him said, oh, he was the absolute best. And he had a great amount of success, but for whatever reason, a lot of fans just didn't perceive him as being like the WrestleMania main event. Of course, uh, I bring up Bobby because we sadly just lost him not too long ago. And they're going to lay him to rest, I believe on the 24th of this month. Did you ever have a chance to meet Bobby at any sort of conventions or anything like that? Yeah, I met Bobby at a couple of events, um, uh, signings, and also I believe a, t- a couple of TNA events. He came to the shows. 
really nice guy. I had a lot of respect for him because I knew what he did for the business. It's um, it's pretty remarkable to think about the the legacy that he left as being one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. And I don't know that I ever even considered that with Christian until just now. But I think when people think about Christian, they think about him as being one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. And that's not to say Bobby didn't have great TV title matches and what have you. And Christian actually became world champ. Uh, on more than one occasion, not just in WWE, but in TNA as well. But I still think he's probably one of those guys where if you were in the ring, you know, and that's what his peers said about Bobby Eaton. And I think they say the same about Christian. I think you could compare both of them and they were both were very successful in their tag team runs too. How would you uh, compare and contrast, say a Matt Hardy and a Jeff Hardy? We talked a little bit about Christian and and we've spent a lot of time on the show in the more recent time episodes talking about edge, but what about, uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy? You had an opportunity to be in there with both. They're both extremely talented. Uh, both have different styles though. You know, Jeff Hardy was more of a reckless kind of wrestler, um, you know, kind of a daredevil and Matt Hardy was more of a a technician. So they had different styles. Don't get me wrong. Matt Hardy could uh, do some high diving stuff, but uh, for the most part, he was pretty technical, but they both were really good at what they did. They were just very different. I think that Jeff might've had a little bit more success than that. And I think it was just because of his persona and his, I don't care attitude that Vince really loved about him. But for Matt, Matt Hardy was really talented as well. We got a graphic here recapping last night. Let's take a listen. Controversial WWE title match in recent memory and a decision that will be disputed for years to come. Stone Cold versus Angle. Tossing and Kurt Angle for the WWF title. And you've got to believe down deep in your soul that this one is going to be as physically intense as perhaps anything that we will ever see. And the most vicious shark of them all, Stone Cold Steve Austin, is sinking his teeth into a bloody Kurt Angle. And Austin, for the third time, with a Stone Cold Stunner. It's over now, it's not over. My God, my God, Angle kicked out. And Austin cannot believe it. Where does Kurt Angle get the strength to kick out a three Stone Cold Stunner? Now, by God, Paul, I am convinced that Austin cannot beat Kurt Angle on this night. Wait a minute. My God, there's three referees. Austin has taken out. And Angle again got the, the slam. We need a referee. He's got the cover. And here comes another referee. Wait a minute. What the hell is this? Referee Nick Patrick has disqualified Stone Cold Steve Austin for excessive abuse towards the officials. However, still World Wrestling Federation champion Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kurt Angle just got screwed by God. Now Kurt Angle attacks the referee. Nick Patrick is tapping like a drunk man. Break his damn ankle because Kurt Angle just got screwed out of the WWF title. So we see uh, Booker T making his way in. I loved hearing uh, Paul Heyman do some commentary there uh, with Jr. What did you think is uh, of Paul as a color guy? Oh, I loved him as a color guy. They had great chemistry together. Uh, Paul was so good at what he did. He he, he was very fluid. I, I think Jr. was really good at what he did, and Paul Heyman was really good at what he did. They were very different, but they had great chemistry together. It's um. 
it's interesting to listen to him do commentary now and know what he's done since. Oh, this is going to be kind of a creepy promo. I think with DDP, Michael Cole in the back talking to Dallas page. Let's take a listen. Oh, Hey, real quick. I wanted to tell you what Matthew in Pennsylvania wrote. I had a great experience at SaveWithConrad.com. I worked with Derek and he quickly answered any questions I had. Being able to text him directly made things so much easier than having to wait on phone calls or schedule meetings at the bank. Being able to do everything from home was extremely convenient. I was in a tough spot with the pandemic going on, but it looks like everything is going to work out for me just in time. I would definitely recommend Conrad and his team to anyone looking for mortgage help. How can we help you? You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. But you do need 10 minutes at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. We're licensed in more than 40 states, and you even get to skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. With the Undertaker's wife, Sarah. One-on-one, me, DDP, and Sarah. Now... Even though last night's endeavor I wouldn't consider successful, and I am hurting like hell off that cage, it all pays off tonight. You see, Cole, Sarah requested this match. Do you think she wants to hurt me? No. No, you idiot. She doesn't want to hurt me. She doesn't want to beat on me. She wants to be with me. She wants to feel her body up against mine. She wants to feel flesh to flesh. It's obvious that's why she requested this. What are you concerned at all about her husband, The Undertaker? I mean, he's going to be at ringside with his wife tonight. That doesn't concern me. The only thing that's better than me getting my hands all over Sarah is getting to do it in front of her old man because he's got to watch. Now, I know he's going to be watching his precious little gem. I know he's going to want to protect her. But sometimes you got to pay the price to fulfill the fantasy. That works for me. Sick. Well, that was a little weird. Oh, here's Taz. Stone Cold Steve Austin for bringing the old Taz back. It's because of Austin's tough love that really smartened me up. Austin showed me leadership by example, and I was damn proud to be that example. Thank you, Stone Cold. Thank you for making me tougher than I already was. Well, we're two for two on weird backstage promos. Let's see what the jury and uh, William Regal are up to. (laughs) You filthy swine, put it down, you go blind. What's the matter with you? What the bloody hell do you want? You saw what happened, man. The whole world saw it. The Rock stole something from me, the WCW title. And I want a rematch tonight. Can you dig that? Tonight! Listen, you're too late, sunshine. The Rock's already successfully defended his WCW championship against Lance Storm. What the hell are you talking about, man? In fact, your quest for the WCW championship has come up a little short. (laughs) Yo, man. 
I want some answers. Ever since I got here today, people been laughing and snickering. I want to know what the hell is going on right now. You mean you don't know? No, I don't know. Well, well, The Rock came to the ring and he had this little fellow with him. He looked just like you and... What? He had these little bow legs. He looked like a boomerang and he couldn't have stopped a pig running down a back alley. You think that's funny, though? He was that's dancing that's around. Wasn't yo, man, what the hell is you laughing at? Huh? You think that's funny? You just diss the Booker Man. Booker Man don't like that. And you know what? I'm so mad right now. I'm so frustrated. I'm going to take it out on somebody. And guess what? You're going to be that somebody. Tonight, I want you in a match, sucker. I thought you might kill you. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? What the hell? You know what? I ain't going to even put my gear on for this. Your ass belongs to me. So, uh, I love that promo from uh, Booker T, but I am curious. How often in your real life do you refer to yourself in third person? Do you ever just walk in there when the wife's cooking supper and say, Kurt Angle don't like that? <laughs> no, I never did that. Kurt Angle don't eat that. I think The Rock made it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if anybody could talk in third person, it would be you. Who would stop you? Uh, uh, you're right. I, I could do it if I wanted to. I just choose not to. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you do some commercials like that. Kurt Angle likes chirp wheel. Kurt Angle eats chicken snacks. It'd just be funny. <laughs> so uh Booker T gonna be wrestling in his regular clothes. Uh and when I say regular clothes, I don't mean like he's wearing like gym shorts and a t shirt. Uh he's wearing slacks and a dress shirt. Did you ever have a match in, in, in dress clothes like this? No, and I never want to. Especially with those shoes. You know how slippery they are? I can't imagine. You could blow a knee out in one second. It can happen just like that. It's really dangerous to wrestle like that. And when you don't have your gear on, you're not really, you you don't really warm up the way you used to, because you don't want to stretch your slacks and your shirt. You want to rip it. So you don't stretch as much and that, that can affect you too. And he's cutting a promo here. And of course, uh, uh, the, the gimmick is he's not in on the gag. He didn't see the little fellow earlier, but. Now he wants to know why everybody's laughing and what everybody thinks is, uh, so funny. So it's like him and Tajiri are going to do their thing. You see referee Charles Robinson in the background. Uh, what do you think of this concept of, we have WCW referees and we have WWE referees. I thought it was kind of weird. I mean, WWE actually owned WCW, but I do understand they had the Alliance coming up and, uh, you know, the whole. Uh, WCW versus WWE. I, want, I think they wanted to keep them separated for that particular time. Um, this is really going to be a match here. They're going to go a little under three minutes when Tajiri finally gets to the ring. I first saw Tajiri at the ECW arena in 99, and I was convinced he was going to be a superstar in professional wrestling. And certainly he carved out a niche in the hearts and minds of WWE fans. But I didn't see this long baggy pants version of him. I saw the short trunks and the kick pads, and I was convinced that his style was going to be revolutionary. And then here, when he got in the WWE, he could show what he could do, but he also showed what he could do entertainment wise. Did you ever have a a hard hitting match with Tajiri? Uh, I might've had a couple of tag matches with him, but I really enjoyed his work and he, he was really solid in the ring and what he could do was incredible. And not only from that, from a character standpoint, he was so damn funny. He got the business. He understood. He didn't even speak English. And he was able to communicate and relate to the fans without actually speaking English. That is incredible. 
he had incredible talent about him, about being entertaining. He was definitely entertaining. I mean, I think you could argue that he took to the comedy piece almost as well as you did. I mean, I don't think anybody expected an Olympic gold medalist to be such a great comedic performer, but you just, you know, hit a home run with it. And so did Tajiri in, in his own way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know about him, but I didn't even know I had it. I just started doing it because I was told to, and it just parlayed into something, but with Tajiri, I don't know if he knew he had it the whole time or if it just kind of popped up one night and he said, Oh gosh, I found something. Let's start doing this. And that might've been the reason uh, he was so entertaining. It might've just happened at one particular time. From your perspective, is that because you're just willing to just really commit, you know, like you can go all in. I feel like sometimes with comedy guys get uncomfortable or think it's awkward or maybe it's silly and they don't want to embarrass themselves, but it almost felt like you and maybe Tajiri were fearless where it didn't matter. You, you, you were committed that this is what you're going to do and you're not going to sort of half-ass it or second guess it. Do you think the commitment is really the key to that? It is the commitment. You want to, you want to be fearless. You, you want to be fearless to, to make an ass out of yourself. And uh, that's the most important thing. If you can be embarrassed and uh, not, not be affected by it, that's the best key that you can have for comedy. I, I really do think that's the difference. And, and I thought it was so cool that you got that right away because you would think that, you know, and there's obviously different ways to perceive it, but you would think that a guy with your real life amateur pedigree would be so in his head about, you know, I can't do that, uh, but that's not the case. You just, the same commitment you had to training and all that you applied to, to the acting piece and it worked. Well, if I told you how many wrestlers said that about comedy, I can't do that shit. Yes. It happens quite a bit. So there are a lot of guys are just afraid to take that step. Because there's nothing funny about the way you guys train. I mean, obviously professional wrestling is a different thing, but as an amateur wrestler, I mean, it is very much a machismo alpha male working my ass off from the minute I wake up till I get to bed. You have to be fully committed so far, uh, you know, out of left field to then embrace comedy the way you did. But I think the commitment is probably the commonality between the two. It is. You have to be as committed in the comedy as you were in your wrestling. So, uh, Booker T has been disqualified, but he's still going to continue to punish Tajiri. They're trying to make him a badass heel. And let's remind everybody that Booker T when, when WCW finished up, he was a super over baby face. I mean, arguably the top, one of the top baby faces in the whole promotion, certainly world champion. Uh, but now we're trying to, uh, to make him part of the Alliance and they're bad guys. And he's feuding with the biggest baby face, arguably in the business and the rock. So. Here we are, we've got to make him a badass heel. And this is how you do it. You, you beat up on somebody who, uh, maybe doesn't deserve it. Who's a crowd favorite. And you maybe take it a little too far. You're absolutely right. He was a crowd favorite and that that's, that's who you get the heat on is somebody like that. This is, um, a great example of, of how you try to tell a story and turn a guy because Booker T so likable and had been, and we know he's going to continue to be with all the funny King Booker stuff and tell me he didn't just say that, but you're seeing a different side of his character and persona, but he had been a heel before back with his brother, Stevie Ray as part of Harlem heat. But even after all that good stuff, we can still try to make it work. And when you see Booker here with his shirt off, you got to think with his height and weight and build, if you like had somebody draw a professional wrestler 
they'd probably look something like Booker T, wouldn't they? You're absolutely right. But he had a lot of depth to him. He he could be a baby face. He could be a heel. He could turn on a dime and, and be able to do it. He's that talented. So uh, Undertaker trying to pump up his wife, Sarah. I can't believe this is what we're about to see, but this is real. Sarah and DDP are going to take each other on here. This is real. Sarah is going to be one-on-one with diamond Dallas page on Monday night raw. And I'm not going to say it's the main event, but it kind of is, uh, (laughs) this is towards the end of the show and it's DDP versus it could be the worst man event of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, when you look back and and people are critical and they try to say, oh, the the invasion would have worked if they would have gotten flair or they would have gotten Nash or they would have gotten Goldberg or sting. And there's all these different what ifs, but then, you know, you get, you do get some of the big stars and you get guys like this diamond Dallas page. who was one of the biggest stars WCW had, and we're going to let him wrestle undertaker's wife. And well, here's a spoiler for you. She's going to win the match. <laughs> Is, I, I, I completely disagree with this match. I didn't, th- I don't think that's, this is not something that DDP deserved. And I just think it was just horrible. Uh, and, and again, look at that. Another sponsored element, clear a seal, plugging unforgiven all these years later, 20 years later, still getting some value for that ad spend shout out to clear seal. But, uh, here she comes. Uh, DDP is in the ring. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. Uh, Sarah is going to make her way down to the ring for our raw main event. And of course we've still got one pretty memorable segment. We haven't seen Kurt on the show yet, but it's going to be quite the moment when it does happen. And, uh, first here comes the undertaker riding to the, the motorcycle to the ring, Sarah riding on the back. I'll tell you what, as not good as this show was, they had a lot of freaking star power, didn't they? Uh, unbelievable star power. When you really think about it. She's going to slide in the ring here. And of course there's going to be some shenanigans before the bell rings, but still in hindsight, do you think this was a punishment for DDP? Was he just rubbing people the wrong way? I, I never heard of him rubbing people the wrong way. I just, he was such an icon in WCW and the career he had was unbelievable. And he got the WWE and I think the match he had with the undertaker, it wasn't that good. And it's hard not to have a good match with undertaker. And I think this match was, um, you know, um, kind of, uh, you know, them saying, Hey, you, you couldn't have a good match with undertaker. We're going to, we're going to do, we're going to punish you. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any other reason for it. It doesn't make any sense. DDP was a huge name in the business. Yes. Done so much. I love the guy. I just don't know why they did this. I don't think he anybody does did not deserve this. Yeah. And let's say this too, though. What a good sport DDP is. I mean, over the years, guys have quit for a whole lot less. I mean, I just did an 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff and we talked about how public enemy put in their notice and quit WCW because they asked those guys to, uh, to put over Goldberg in a handicap match and DDP. Here he is wrestling undertaker's wife, and he's going to lose <laughs> what, what a soldier DDP is to say, okay, if that's the creative, we'll do it. He could have walked out. You're absolutely right. But he did. He's a trooper. He's a team player. I think he's going to get choke slammed on the floor here. Let's take a listen. With those big ride hands, 
while Sarah conveniently has in the referee distracted. So chokeslam on the floor, no joke. That explains why it ends so quickly and why Sarah gets the win and why he probably needs DDPY. So check out DDP yoga. If your back feels like you got chokeslammed on the floor, but Sarah's going to go ahead and make the pin here and does it undertaker style, fold those arms up one, two, three. That's all she wrote. And there's the celebration. Was there any, uh, I mean, obviously the undertaker is regarded as being the godfather of wrestling, but does anybody sort of look at this situation side-eyed and say, is that really what's best for business to have your wife be the top guy or what could have been a top guy? Well, it wasn't best for business and to do that to DDP an icon, the business was just horrible. I have no idea why they did that. The only thing I can think of was they didn't have a good match and you know, the undertaker, I don't think undertaker had anything to do with this. I think that it was just a creative standpoint that said, we're going to punish this guy for not having a good match with undertaker. I, I don't, I never heard of DDP ruffling feathers in the company. So I, I, I know he's a team player and I know that he got along with everybody. So I have no, absolutely no idea why this happened. So here it is. We're finally here. The main event segment of the show. Of course, the wrestling is done with now it's Steve Austin appreciation night. The Alliance is going to march out there. Deborah's going to lead the way with a whole silver platter full of cookies. And of course, uh, Paul Heyman and Stephanie McMahon are in tow as the leaders of the Alliance. This segment goes 23 minutes, Kurt. So this is, uh, one of the longer segments that you would have had, not just back then, but in any era, because there's no wrestling involved. When did you, uh, when did you know for sure how this would all happen? Did you guys do a run through earlier in the day where you told a week prior sort of talk me through the creative of this segment? I didn't know till the day of, and, uh, they, they approached me and told me we had to do a run through, uh, just, just to bring the guys out there and make sure that everybody fit around the ring get stone cold in the ring with Paul Heyman and uh, Deborah and Stephanie. And I had to do a run through with a milk truck to make sure the truck actually fit underneath the Titan Tron to get into the arena and make sure that it would go all the way to the ring. And uh, so it was a quick run through, but I was so excited to do this. This was like my moment to, to shine as the top star in the company. This was such a great moment for me. Timeout. It's time once again to share with you the biggest value in wrestling going today. And it has nothing to do with a subscription to Peacock. I'm talking about all the fun happening over at adfreeshows.com. By now, you're familiar with who the key players are and you've heard it's early and ad-free. But I want to talk to you about the value we gave to our members in July. Yes, just last month. And the numbers, quite frankly, are staggering. Listen to this. I'm talking nine interactive live experiences, 15 special guests, including Mickey James and Conan, more than 140 hours of audio content, over 70 hours of exclusive video content, and 171 plus posts on adfreeshows.com 
full of news, artwork, and wrestling history that you won't find anywhere else. And yes, that's all in one month's time. So don't delay, don't put it off. Join the revolution, become part of the single fastest growing wrestling community on Patreon right now and find the tier that's right for you over at adfreeshows.com. Paul Heyman, of course, is trying to uh, warm up the crowd. Uh, were you uh, banged up coming out of SummerSlam or were you still feeling pretty good? I was still feeling pretty good. I was a little banged up, but not too bad. I was, I, I felt pretty good. I, I didn't have any problems. I, I think that the only reason I wasn't on the show until the very end is because they wanted to save me for the end. They wanted the biggest pop to be when I first came out. And if I would have came out earlier in the show, that would have ruined that or lessened the pop later on. So I think that's the reason why they held me off till the, the very end of the show. What a segment this is. Paul Heyman, of course, is doubling down and kicking Steve Austin's ass in a big way. Uh, talking about how we haven't had a leader like this since biblical times, which is just wild and hilarious. And Shane Helms is going to have a bit and Canyon's going to have a bit and Deborah's going to have a bit and then Stephanie's going to sing. There's a, there's a lot going on here. Um, that day, you know, just sort of talk me through the, the setup here at this point, are you already in, in the truck, in the back? Are you nervous about, am I going to be able to drive this big thing? Is it, <laughs> I was not in the truck at this particular time. I was watching from the TV. Um, uh, I didn't get in the truck till about five minutes before I had to go out there. So we were, you know, the time cues, we knew when the show was going to end. We knew when Steve's promo was going to end when Stephanie was done talking, everything like that. And, uh, I didn't get in the truck till the very end, five minutes before I came out. It's just always interesting to me because anytime you involve like an inanimate object like this, you know, like a truck, any, anything mechanical, uh, something could go wrong. You know, we've seen times where, you know, motorcycles were supposed to be involved in an angle and it didn't work out or Goldberg was trying to crank his muscle car and, and he flooded it and it wouldn't start. So he just ran on foot. Uh, and, and I mean, what if that damn milk truck wouldn't have cranked, that would have been, oh right. shit. What do we do now? This is a live show. Yes. So you don't have any uh, safety net, but, uh, you know, the crazy thing is they told me not to hit the ring. I came out and I hit the ring with a car. I had to back up a little bit. I almost knocked the ring over. You can tell if you <laughs> I wasn't supposed to hit that ring, but I tapped it a little, a little hard and I had to back it up for uh, about five or six feet so we could do our spot that I was going to do with Sean Stasiak in the front of the milk truck. I mean, again, that was a huge wreck. I almost did. I mean, imagine if the ring really had been knocked over. I mean, obviously it's live TV. You would have called an audible. You would have gotten through it, but still the whole thing looks a whole lot different. If that happens, let's listen to, uh, to Shane Helms here. My whole life. My hero, my idol, has been the Green Lantern. But with your actions last night at SummerSlam, your leadership and your dedication to the Alliance, I've made a decision. From this day forward, you're my new hero, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, please. We'll get another tattoo. And I got something that I want you to have. 
This is my own personal Green Lantern t-shirt. This is my own Green Lantern t-shirt, and I want you to have it. For I have a new t-shirt that I'm going to wear from now on. What the hell is a Green Lantern? Who was the Green Lantern? Oh, look at this! Austin certainly appears to be flattered. You are a respectful and appreciative young man, Helms. You really are. You're a hell of a hurricane. That's not all. There's more. You know why there's more? Because unlike the WWF, Stone Cold Steve Austin, we appreciate you, sir. And someone here appreciates you almost more than anybody. Who appreciates Stone Cold more than Canyon? Oh, for goodness sake. Come on up, Canyon. Come on in. Austin, who better than Canyon? Let me think. I'm sorry. I'm a little choked up. I'm, I can't believe I'm in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve. For years, the question has always been, who better than Canyon? Yeah, for years. Last night, finally, I think that question was answered. It's you. Stone Cold, it's you. Look at Austin. He's eating this up. So I think, I think I speak for everyone here and everyone everywhere when I ask the new question for the ages. For the ages. Who better than Austin? So a fun little segment. Uh, everybody's just taking turns, kissing the ring, so to speak. We didn't spend any time talking about Canyon today. What an innovator way ahead of his time. Another guy gone way too soon. Do you have any fun times with Canyon over the years? We joked around the locker room. I didn't really wrestle him much. Uh, I don't think I wrestled him at all, but I really liked the guy. He had a great personality, very smart guy too. Everybody I, uh, I've met who, uh, was friendly with him says the same thing that just, uh, good guy shame he's not with us anymore he would have been having a blast with wrestling in 2021 uh deborah's got the uh, the whole tray of cookies here and we've got a video tribute and stephanie singing on a big moment like this uh are, are you hanging out in gorilla or at this point do you have to be in a different part of the arena just because you're going to be driving the truck I was in a different part of the arena. I was actually on the side. The truck came in from the side and came into the underneath the Titan Tron and then down the aisle. So I wasn't directly behind where the gorilla position was. I was to the side, probably about a hundred feet over. So there, there was an opening that I could get through in uh, a little tunnel. And then I ended up outside in the aisle. Would Ellis have been with you or a producer or someone wearing an IFB? Who all's with you as you're getting ready for this big moment? Yes. Ellis was with me the whole time. Ex- explain to some of our listeners who may not know who Ellis is, who Ellis was or is today. Oh, Ellis was our prop guy. He he's the one that came up with the gimmicks and the stuff that we had to use any of the weapons, any of the tools, any of the things we had to use for the show that were props. He was the guy that made him up. He was very creative, very good at his job. 
but also too, if you were using a motorcycle or a dump truck or a monster truck, he would be the guy who maybe if he didn't help source it and he probably did, he certainly was there to help you troubleshoot and make sure it came off smoothly. Right. Any piece of machinery. He, he was in charge of that too. You're absolutely right. And, uh, of course, Paul Heyman still trying to, uh, to brag about this video as he's queuing it up here and we'll play the audio from this silly video. And it's hard to believe this thing's gone as far as it has. And we've still got five minutes left. And of course the big payoff with you at the end, but let's take a listen. It's just highlights of him just kicking everybody's ass. Let's do some questions from some of our listeners. Lindsay wants to know what was the smell like milk tends to stink after a while. <laughs> well, actually I, when I got done, I had to catch a red eye and I, I took the, um, I had to get to the airport. I had two hours to catch my flight and the airport was an hour and 20 minutes away and I got there. So I couldn't change after I, I did this, uh, deal with the milk truck. My shoes were drenched with milk. My clothes were drenched. I went straight there and catch a red eye flight, a six hour flight home that night. And when I got on the plane, two hours into the flight, my shoes started stinking real bad. And everybody on the plane was like, where's that smell coming from? <laughs> and next to me, kept giving me dirty looks. Cause he knew it was me. I took my shoes off and just let them set there and let them try to dry out. And it was the most horrible trip I ever took. Martin says I was in the building that night. Were you aware when you were throwing milk cartons into the ring, you overthrew one and hit some poor guy in the head and the entire carton of milk exploded, uh, getting everyone in that section soaked in milk. Hell of an army got there champ. I didn't know that. I'm sorry that I, <laughs> I didn't mean to hit a guy in the head. I was just aiming for stone cold. Steve Austin. My aim's a little bad though. Let's listen. Look at you. You make me so proud. Everybody's got an ECW, WW, WCW Stone Cold shirt on. Everybody's flying. Uh oh. Uh oh. What are you doing? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What kind of shirt is that on your chest? What? What kind of shirt is that? What? Is that a Stone Cold shirt? Is that an ECW shirt? Is that a WCW shirt? What? No, no, it's not. I thought we were here to appreciate Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? I said I thought we were here to appreciate Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Take that stupid shirt off. Take the shirt off. What? I said take the damn shirt off. You damn right, it's your bad. Take the stupid shirt off. I want it. Whoa! That's Kurt Angle's music, but my God, he, he wouldn't be coming out here in the... My God! What is that? That's, that's Kurt Angle, all right, but... It's a damn milk truck! Kurt Angle's driving a milk truck right to the ring! <laughs> Angle just put it 
down into the ring. And he's, he's throwing milk cartons at the Alliance. And he's throwing milk cartons at the Alliance. And here comes Stasiak. What an idiot. close the show man and it's crazy to think out of a 23 minute segment you're in what the last 90 seconds and that's all anybody remembers <laughs> you're absolutely right man it's unbelievable that was one of the that was my biggest moment in my history in the history of wrestling and my pro wrestling career and it lasted a minute and a half <laughs> what a moment though uh watching that back what goes through your mind Oh, great memories. Uh, knowing my, I did a program with Stone Cold Steve Austin, a year and a half in the business, uh, knowing that I was going to win the world title just a couple months after that. Uh, th- it was just, uh, it was an exciting time for me because I didn't know what was in store for me from week to week. From when I started my rookie year until my third year, everything was so new to me. And I was like a little kid at a candy store. Every week, I couldn't wait to go to work and see what I was going to do that following week because um, I was doing so much comedy. I was doing so many entertaining things. It was so much fun. And the business started to get unfun for me when I started turning more serious and and being the wrestling machine and and that kind of character. I really enjoyed my comedy segments uh, in my career, and that's what I love the most. I got to tell you, Sean Stasiak knocking himself out on the truck. That's one of the funniest things on the show too. Yeah, he was awesome. He actually came up with that idea. He, he was doing like kamikaze things on TV where he was running into stuff. He's like, Kurt, do you mind if I, you know, run and you sideswipe me and I hit the, you know, hit the, uh, the truck with the, with my head and I get knocked down. I said, yeah, sure. Sean, that's a great idea. Crazy thing is. I was nervous about getting on the truck because there was milk all over it. And I kept slipping. I saw I had to do the finish. I had to be at the top of the truck and I didn't know if I was going to make it. I was so damn nervous. I mean, it really is a testament to what you guys do every week. I mean, this is live TV. And if you slip and fall, or as you said earlier, you were just saying, oh, I don't want to wrestle in dress shoes. Look how slippery that would be. And now you've got milk on a truck. Like 
it's a mess, man. What if, and I also thought, what if that hose didn't work as well as it was supposed to? I mean, I know it's a prop and I know you guys probably practiced, but it's not like you had a bunch of experience with a fire hose. What if it didn't work? The segment would have petered out. It would, it would have meant nothing. It would have been a, a, a downer. <laughs> As you were just blasting, I couldn't help but think this would have been a perfect opportunity for us to promote Blue Chew. But instead, we're going to talk about chicken snacks because, man, I, I get loaded up every time I log into social media. Uh, I saw somebody the other day saying that the chicken snacks are now their favorite uh, snack of all, specifically the pizza one. And I felt like you and I have been beating the hammer pretty hard here talking about, you know, the buffalo flavor and uh, pizza. Man, it's making a comeback over at physicallyfit.com. It is pizza is a hidden gem. It's one of the most favorite flavors. Um, uh, cinnamon swirl has got, got to come back too. that. That that's our most popular one, but, um, yeah, pizza is becoming a, a fan favorite. Uh, so is, uh, uh, barbecue, the honey barbecue. So there, there, there are a lot of great flavors. You can choose from 11 different flavors. They're awesome. Check them out right now. Physicallyfit.com. You'll want to click on products and then you can go ahead and order online. They've got uh, not only chicken snacks, but they've got snack smart, which is plant protein. You got brown sugar, cinnamon with pretzels. You've also got honey mustard with pretzel pieces. How about sour cream and onion with both bagel pieces and rice sticks. And then I think everybody's favorite spice cheese. That's a hit here at the house. Uh, but you said maybe the top order right now is cinnamon swirl with pretzels on the chicken snacks. You've also got jalapeno ranch and peanuts with almonds pizza. I've seen so much good talk about this last week. Uh, Buffalo wing and blue cheese, I think is your favorite because it has the most protein and the least bad for you. Uh, and then of course you got Kung Pao, you got Sriracha with peanuts and almonds. You got sweet barbecue with honey roasted peanuts. And the great thing is you've got a ton of protein in every bag and very little of all the stuff you're not looking for. It's low carb, it's low sugar, all that, but really high protein, right? Yeah, it's incredibly healthy and it's great flavors. Uh, they're really awesome. I'm so proud of this brand, uh, physically fit nutrition and what we've been able to do with chicken snacks. Uh, I'm really, ex I want to thank everybody for purchasing them. Uh, I really do appreciate you supporting me and this really helps me out in my business. Yeah. And that's worth mentioning too. You know, we're proud to have our, our sponsors here on the show. And, and of course I made a blue chew joke, but uh, this is Kurt's business. So when you go to chicken, when you go pick up chicken snacks, you're supporting Kurt angles, personal business. Uh, and yes, there are stores near you. Like when I'm uh, looking where to buy, I'll type in my zip code there and let's see what's near. Boom. I've got three places within two miles that I could go pick it up and have it today. I could also go ahead and order it over at amazon.com. But my favorite is, uh, I could go ahead and order it at physicallyfit.com. And why do I prefer there? Because there's a special offer. When you get to your cart, you want to go ahead and add the promo code angle pod, and you'll save 20% off your entire order. Now these bags only start at nine 99, but with 20% off, you're under eight bucks and you're going to get a bunch of servings. So you're talking like less than a dollar per serving. Uh, this is a big bag. Don't think this is like a grab and go down at the gas station. This is going to last you a bunch of servings in every bag. Check it out. It's physicallyfit.com. And since we're talking about Milkomania today, I feel we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention KurtAngleBrand.com. You can get an autographed milk carton, right? Yes, you can get milk cartons, cowboy hats, uh, birthday cards, photographs, um, even T-shirts. So you can go on there and cameo video requests, uh, video messages. There's everything there, and it's very affordable. Yeah, the cameo thing has taken on a life of its own. Check that out. You can get a message from Kurt Angle for someone special in your life or just yourself. 
You can also see a link to all of Kurt's great t-shirts. He's got one awesome one that shows all the angles, right? Acute obtuse. And of course, Kurt, it's all at KurtAngleBrand.com. but Kurt's really doing something. That's a little different that I don't think a lot of folks do. If you actually want to get something autographed, maybe you met Kurt in appearance before, maybe you've got one of his old replica belts. You can go ahead and send it to Kurt. He'll autograph it and send it back to you. All the details are available at KurtAngleBrand.com. Uh, but it's something for everybody. If you've got a wrestling fan in your life, he's even got another innovation. I've never seen anybody else do a birthday card. What a better way to send somebody a birthday card than sending them one from Kurt angle. It's at KurtAngleBrand.com. And don't forget you get all of our shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. Next week, we've got another barn burner SummerSlam 2000. It's going to be you and a triple threat versus triple H and the rock, man. You talk about, uh, Riding in high cotton, main eventing a WrestleMania against Triple H and The Rock. That's going to be quite the show next week here. Yes, it is. It was my first year in the business, and I was main eventing SummerSlam. It's a big deal for me, and I'm really excited to tell my story. And it's going to drop the day of this year's SummerSlam, so don't miss that. Make a plan to join us next week here on the Kurt Angle Show. It's going to be a SummerSlam day, baby. We've got the triple threat from SummerSlam 2000 with Triple H and The Rock, and then that night, who could forget... The one and only SummerSlam 2021. Where does the time go? Uh, and with that note, we're out of time today, Kurt. We'll be back next week on another Kurt Angle show. All right, real quick, before we get out of here, I got to say it one last time. I want to save you money. Stop what you're doing and rush over to savewithconrad.com. This is going to be the best summer ever. Just ask Miguel in Plainsville, Ohio. He left us a five-star review at conradreviews.com and it said this big thank you to Conrad and his team. I enjoyed my experience working with first family mortgage. Jimmy was there. Anytime I had any questions, he was just a text message away. Saving money and refinancing my home couldn't have been any easier. Miguel saving a whole bunch of cash and you can too right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. But I do want to mention, this isn't just for refinancing. Maybe you've outgrown your current home or you're tired of throwing your money away on rent. First Family Mortgage can help you get into your next house fast and easy at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, no house payments for two months. Come on, let's make this the best summer ever with a little summer vacation from house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.